0: Well, hello and welcome to the Jazz Focus. My name is John Clark. Thank you for joining us. Welcome if it's your first time. Today we're going to be listening to some sides that were made during the 1920s uh, and organized and and run and in most cases uh of tunes uh, written by the composer perry bradford perry bradford was a remarkably interesting character on the african-american music scene in the 1910s and 20s uh, he had been born in 1893 in montgomery alabama he was uh Early on, treading the boards of, of the black vaudeville uh, circuits and minstrel circuits and so forth, playing piano, singing, dancing, composing, and being a general uh, driver uh, on, the, on the scene, he was also considered quite a, uh, an annoying individual whose nickname was Mule because he was so relentless in his pursuit of the things he believed in. One of those things that he believed in was in uh, bringing African-American entertainers and compositions uh, to the recording studios. For most of the 1910s up to 1920, uh, the uh, recordings that were made commercially by the big three, so-called uh, Edison, Victor, and Columbia, were all done by white performers. There were a few black performers who did spirituals and, and uh Uh, vocal groups and occasionally even classical music as well. And then, of course, there were comedians and and, uh, theatrical stars like uh, Noble Sissel and Eubie Blake and Burt Williams and George Walker, who made quite a few recordings. But in terms of popular... Vernacular music, like blues and minstrel tunes and things like that, there were really no representative examples. And uh, Perry Bradford wanted to change that. So he lobbied uh, many of the recording companies in, in the late 1910s, going into 1920 in New York, to record some of his proteges. One of whom was a singer named Mamie Smith, who had been starring in a review that uh, Bradford had put together in Harlem called Made in Harlem. And uh, he had written tunes for that, as indeed he wrote tunes for many. Other reviews uh, for himself and his partner Jeanette. He was known as uh, um, Bradford and Jeanette and Mule and Jeanette and other things as well. Uh, But by 1920, he had kind of hitched his star to uh, Mamie Smith. And he successfully got Fred Hager of the OK Record Company to allow Mamie Smith to make a recording. Supposedly it was because. Sophie Tucker was indisposed, but actually it was more because she was uh, contractually obligated to, uh, I think it was Emerson at the time, and she couldn't record for uh, OK. She was going to record a couple of Perry Bradford's tunes, but when she was unavailable, Hager relented and allowed Mamie Smith to record them. And these were considered really seminal recordings in that they were the first uh, examples of a black performer in the popular style uh, recording music that was composed by black composers, in this case Perry Bradford. Uh, the first session was by a white band, accompanied by a white band, and uh, it was successful enough, especially in black communities, that it encouraged Bradford to push even harder to get Mamie Smith back into the studio, accompanied by a black band. And on that date, which was in the fall of 1920, or the late summer, uh, they recorded a tune called the Crazy Blues, which was later known as the Harlem Blues, composed by Perry Bradford. That's considered to be the first blues performance on record by a black performer, and that was uh, the uh, start of the blues craze of the 1920s and uh, made possible the careers of uh, Alberta Hunter, Ethel Waters, and later on Bessie Smith, Ma Rainey, and uh, others as well. So Perry Bradford was quite important in doing that. He also continued through the 1920s presenting singers, doing shows, uh, writing songs, and talking himself into recording dates with a variety of companies. And most of the recording dates featured Perry Bradford compositions that he would sing, or at least oversee, in the recording studio, and they featured some of uh, the, I guess you'd say A-level as well as B-level and maybe even C-level Harlem musicians of the time. We're going to play three sets of six tunes each, so quite a few tunes on this program. The first uh, thing we're going to hear are two signs that were made for the Paramount record label in uh, the spring, either May or June of 1923. This was called Perry Bradford's Jazz Fools, P H O O L S, and that was the uh, band name that he issued many of his recordings under. We're going to hear the Fadeaway Blues and the Daybreak Blues. Fadeaway Blues has a lot of similarity to the Gulf Coast Blues, same time, and Daybreak Blues is actually a retitling of the original Bugle Blues, which was a composition uh, composed and recorded by Johnny Dunn. We've put on a Johnny Dunn podcast in the past, and Johnny Dunn uh, makes an appearance a little bit later, but not on this record. Perry Bradford's Jazz Fools, in this case, uh, consists of Gus Aiken on cornet, and Bud Aiken, his brother, on trombone. They were both from South Carolina, and they were denizens of the Jenkins Orphanage Band, I believe. On the reeds, we have Garvin Bushell, one of the early uh, black clarinet and saxophone players to record, going back to about 1921, and his career lasted well into the 60s when he recorded with uh, John Coltrane, believe it or not. We're also going to hear Charles Smith on piano and Sam Speed on banjo, and those two tunes, Fade Away Blues and Daybreak Blues, uh, will really give us an idea of what Harlem Band sounded like in the pre-Louis Armstrong era. These were very tightly arranged. I don't know who did the arrangements. I don't believe Perry Bradford was musically educated enough to do arrangements himself, but he probably... Um, had different musicians do those arrangements and had uh, stock arrangements created so that he could use them on these recording dates and maybe in personal appearances. We're going to hear multiple recordings of two tunes which used the same arrangement even a few years uh, distant. So following those two tunes, we're going to go To uh, two further Paramount recordings that were done by the Jazz Fools in February of 1924. We're going to hear Charleston, South Carolina, and the Hula Bula Dance. And this is done with a personnel that uh, we believe, and these are. Personnels are a little bit uh, flexible. Uh, Johnny Dunn and Barbara Miley on cornets. Barbara Miley was at the time beginning his career with uh, Duke Ellington. Herb Fleming on trombone. Probably Garvin Bushell again. Herschel Brassfield on clarinet and alto saxophone along with Bushell. Leroy Tibbs on piano. Sam Speed on banjo and possibly Harry Hull on tuba. Barry Bradford didn't play on a lot of his recording dates. He was not a particularly effective piano player and he was smart enough to bring in good piano players and we'll hear some great ones coming up. Including The Next Date, which uh, was done for Vocalion, and again The Jazz Fools, this time done in November, November 2nd of 1925, featuring Louis Armstrong on cornet, and he was playing with the Fletcher Henderson band, in fact, he was only a couple of days away from leaving that band and going back to Chicago and beginning his series of Hot 5 recordings out there. So with uh, Louis were some of his uh, Fletcher Henderson bandmates, Charlie Green on trombone, Buster Bailey on clarinet, Don Redman on alto sax, and Kaiser Marshall on drums. Also, Sam Speed may be on banjo, but it may be Charlie Dixon from the Henderson Band, and James P. Johnson on piano, a great stride piano master. And the two tunes we're going to hear are Lucy Long... And I ain't going to play no second fiddle if I can't play the lead. And those were probably uh, Bradford's best-known tunes, or two of the three or so. We're going to hear several versions of Lucy Long coming up. So this is Perry Bradford and his Jazz Fools from 1923, 4, and 5. The Fadeaway Blues and Daybreak Blues. Charleston, South Carolina, and Hula Bula Dance, all done for Paramount. And then two for Vocalion. Lucy Long and I Ain't Going to Play No Second Fiddle.
1: Can't do at night. She dines in a one piece bathing suit. The waiters all say, gee, ain't she cute, boy? Ride the taxi round the town. Bamps to me the meter upside down. Don't pay the butcher. One red cent.
2: Bamps the landlord for her red
1: Second if I can't play the lead, I called on you the other night, and I rang the bell, you turn out the light, I was blind, now I see, you can't put that over me, I ain't gonna play no second fiddle.
0: contrast between the first four sides and then the next two when Louis Armstrong had already asserted his uh, influence on the New York uh, Harlem jazz scene is pretty remarkable. We started out with Fade Away Blues and Daybreak Blues, which was another name for the original Bugle Blues done for Paramount by Perry Bradford's Jazz Fools. And uh, we heard Gus and Bud Aiken on cornet and trombone, respectively. Garvin Bushell on clarinet and alto sax. There was definitely a second reed player in there. Uh, Not listed, though. Charles Smith on piano and Sam Speed on banjo. And these were done, obviously, with arrangements that sounded like theater arrangements. uh, And were played quite competently with some good solos in there. But nothing that we would consider earth-shattering, I guess. Same with the next two sides. Charleston, South Carolina, and Hula Bula Dance. Paramount. uh, They were from... Uh, Let's see, from uh, February of 1924, the others were done in May or June of 1923. And those second two sides had a couple of trumpets, Johnny Dunn and Barbara Miley. Probably Barbara Miley took the solos, they were more along his style. Herb Fleming on trombone, Garvin Bushell and Herschel Brassfield on reeds, with Leroy Tibbs on piano, Sam Speed on banjo, and Harry Hull on tuba. Then we heard those two Louis Armstrong sides, as I said, made when he had one foot on the train ready to go to Chicago to uh, begin his residen- residency at the, I think it was at the Sunset, and then he was with Carol Dickerson for a while, and he uh, was in a band led by his wife, Lil Hardin, and started the great series of Hot Five recordings only about a week later. In fact, not even a week later. Uh, these were done on November 2nd of 1925 and featured a lot of the Fletcher Henderson band. Along with Louis, we had Charlie Green on trombone, Buster Bailey doing some outstanding cl- network Don Redman playing alto sax kaiser marshall on drums uh, sam speed or possibly charlie dixon on banjo and james p johnson on piano we heard perry bradford singing these two songs lucy long and i ain't gonna play no second fiddle both of which were kind of vaudeville numbers uh we're gonna hear quite a few more of those coming up as i said bradford was a a, a, a vaudeville performer a minstrel performer he was a comedian as well and these songs were ones that doubtless he had featured on stage or was featuring at the time so we're going to move on now to a uh, a couple of sides that were done uh under um Willie the Lion Smith's name or actually it wasn't his name but uh, he was on it and these were called uh the Georgia Strutters largely the same band they were done for Harmony in 1927 jumping up to 1927 now may 23rd and uh these were uh two tunes again featuring vocals by Perry Bradford and both of them composed by him as well Rock Jenny Rock and It's Right Here For You, and we're going to hear at least one more version of It's Right Here For You. That uh, was a tune that was resurrected in the 19, early 1940s by Eddie Condon as well. And on this band, we're going to hear probably Jabbo Smith on cornet, although it's a little bit uh, dicey who's playing the cornet solos. Jimmy Harrison in some early recordings on trombone. Uh, Herschel Brassfield again on clarinet and alto sax, we think. Edgar Sampson probably playing tenor sax, but definitely playing violin in this case. Willie Lyon Smith on piano. Gus Horsley on banjo and Harry Hull again on tuba and there's probably a drummer in there as well and as I said both of those feature uh, vocals by Perry Bradford the composer. Then we're going to go back to Perry Bradford's Jazz Fools and we're going to hear the original Black Bottom Dance and the Kansas City Blues, Jazz Fools, uh, from December of 1926. So we're jumping around here a little bit. These were done for OK and featured uh, Bubber Miley, probably. I'm not sure who the trombone player is uh, or the clarinet player. Leroy Tibbs again on piano, Gus Horsley again on banjo, an unknown drummer, and again Perry Bradford on vocals. Then two more to finish out Perry Bradford's Jazz Fools. Another version of All That I Had Is Gone and another version of Lucy Long, both of which use the same arrangements that we heard earlier. And those were done, again, for OK Records in February of 1927. Uh, This was a band that uh, was led by Jimmy Wade, who was a Chicago cornet player. And he brought his band to New York around this time, and they basically formed Perry Bradford's Jazz Fools. We have Jimmy Wade on cornet, Bill Dover on trombone, Unknown Clarence Nalto Alto Sax, James P. Johnson again on piano, Stanley Wilson on banjo, Walter Wright on tuba, and possibly Ed Jackson on drums. So those were our tunes going forward. So oh, this is uh, the Georgia Strutters with Perry Bradford doing Rock Jenny Rock, and it's right here for you. And then Perry Bradford's Jazz Fools, the original Black Bottom Dance, the Kansas City Blues, All That I Had Is Gone, and Lucy Long.
1: Meat, kick, on your Thank you. Everybody open your ears this rhythm you will hear talk some I was apt to be but the old black bottom makes you go beat believe me it's a wow now learn this dance somehow it started in Georgia went to France got everybody in our train it is a wang that old black bottom thing Black Bottom She thinks that he's wise. If I find a gal, I'm going to cut her down to my side. Now, she must think that I'm a goose.
2: When I see, I'm
1: going to turn her every way but loose. I'm going down 12 feet in no man's land, where everyone you meet got a gun in his hand. Yes, I'm crazy about my kitty. She's the pretty brown skin in old Kansas City. Oh, my love has been our bill. I got the Kansas City blues. Do you hear me? I got the Kansas City Blues. Kansas City
2: boys. <laughs>
0: fine Harlem jazz. These musicians were all playing in various shows in Harlem during this period and making recording dates and uh, doing all kinds of things. They weren't among the best known, for the most part, musicians, but uh, they were very accomplished ones. We started out with the Georgia Strutters, uh, Perry Bradford singing and more or less directing uh, a group that uh, recorded a couple of his tunes, Rock Jenny Rock" and It's Right Here For You. And we're told that this features Jabbo Smith, although it doesn't really sound like Jabbo Smith to me. It sounds like someone more Louis Armstrong-like, like maybe June Clark, uh, who had recorded with uh, Willie Lyon Smith several times. Uh, but who knows? Uh, definitely not Louis, because this was done in 1927, and it was recorded for Harmony. And we also heard Jimmy Harrison on trombone, Herschel Brassfield uh, on clarinet and alto, probably, Edgar Sampson on tenor and violin, Willie Lyon Smith on piano, Gus Horsley on banjo, and Harry Hull on Tuba. I'm also a drummer in there as well. Uh, this was at a time when Jimmy Harrison was with, uh, in and out of the Fletcher Henderson band. It might have been one of the trumpeters there, uh, Tommy Ladnier, perhaps, because uh, it could possibly have been him. It sounds a little bit like him. Then we went on to the last recordings, last four recordings of Perry Bradford's Jazz Fools. The first two done. Uh, for actually they were all done for OK, but the first two done in December of 1926 and featuring uh, Bubber Miley probably on cornet. Most of the rest of the players are unknown. Uh, Leroy Tibbs probably on piano, Gus Horsley again on banjo, and Perry Bradford on vocal with the uh, trombone, the Reed players, and the drummer unknown. Then we finished up with those two by uh, Jimmy Wade's band. This was actually a small group out of the larger band that Jimmy Wade led, Jimmy Wade on cornet, Bill Dover on trombone, uh, an unknown clarinet and alto sax player. There were several players who uh, uh, recorded with Jimmy Wade's band uh, at the same time uh, for OK, uh, which also featured vocals by Perry Bradford. I decided not to include those because they were the same tunes. James P. Johnson on piano, Stanley Wilson on banjo, Walter Wright on tuba, and Ed Jackson on drums. And we heard, uh, the first two anyway, from the uh, December 26th session, Original Black Bottom Dance and the Kansas City Blues. And from the Jimmy Wade session of February 16th of 1927, we heard All That I Had Is Gone and Lucy Long. So now we're going to uh, go to some tunes that were recorded with James P. Johnson and somewhat under his name as well. Uh, These are the original jazz hounds uh, that were uh, Directed, I guess, by James P. Johnson with tunes and vocals by Perry Bradford. We're going to hear in this band, Louis Metcalf on cornet or trumpet, Jake Frazier on trombone, Bob Fuller on clarinet, James P. on piano, a banjo player, Harry Hull on tuba, and a drummer. Don't know who they are, uh, but two tunes we've heard uh, already. All That I Had Is Gone and Lucy Long, done again with the same arrangements we've heard previously. These were done for Columbia on March 15th of 1927. Then uh, we're going to skip over a couple of uh, Johnson and Bradford collaborations, including some trio things they did with Louis Metcalf and uh, Dunn's original Jazz Hounds, uh, or actually, excuse me, Jimmy Johnson and his orchestra, uh, which feature uh, some Perry Bradford speech uh, in the midst of uh, two tunes that were, I don't believe they were composed by Perry Bradford in that case, and they were not, so we're going to skip over that. So the next two tunes we're going to hear are Put Your Mind Right on It and Fare the Honey Blues, both Perry Bradford items for Columbia, done in March of 1929. Probably two different sessions. Jimmy Johnson and his band. Again, Louis Metcalf, another questionable trombone player, Ernest Elliott on clarinet, possibly Bob Fuller on clarinet and tenor sax, James P. on piano, Perry Bradford on uh, vocals, and Gus Horsley, the banjo player. is not credited with banjo, but uh, he sings on Put Your Mind Right On It. Then on Fair The Honey Blues, we're going to have Geechee Fields taking the unknown trombone spot. After that, we're actually going to go back uh, a few months to October 19th of 1928 and the Gulf Coast 7. Uh, We're going to hear two Perry Bradford tunes again with uh, one Perry Bradford vocal. We're going to hear the Daylight Savin' Blues, uh, on which he does not sing, and Georgia's Always On My Mind, which he does. And Georgia is not a reference to the state, but instead to a lovely lady. These were done, as I said, for Columbia. Feature Louis Metcalf again on cornet, probably Joe Nanton on trombone, possibly Johnny Hodges on alto and soprano, uh, Barney Bagard on clarinet and tenor sax, Sonny Greer on drums, so we have an Ellington contingent there, although that's somewhat disputed. Um, it doesn't sound much like Johnny Hodges on soprano sax, to be honest with you. It sounds more like Barney Bigard on soprano sax. But one person who is doubtless there is James P. Johnson on piano. So those are our tunes uh, for this set. All That I Had Is Gone and Lucy Long, Put Your, mi- uh, put your Mind Right On It and Fair The Honey. Uh, Fair The Honey Blues, I should say, Daylight saving Blues, and George's Always On My Mind. Perry Bradford with James P. Johnson.
1: side down, don't pay the butcher, one red cent, Vamp the landlord for rent. funny got so I can't count money I'm leaving loose change laying all around I never done so much fretting this loving is so upsetting can't tell a high yellows from the brown fell off like the dickens I've lost my appetite I refuse fried chicken almost every night, my voice gets weaker and weaker, I must have broke my loudspeaker, cause Georgia, mama, sweet things on my mind. bacon. I don't care for eggs. Since my heart's been breaking, can't even look at eggs.
0: So that was Perry Bradford and a variety of groups, all featuring James P. Johnson, started out with All that uh, I had is gone, and Lucy Long, both in arrangements that we've already heard with different groups. Those were done in March 15th of 1927 for Columbia, under the rubric of the Original Jazz Hounds. Louis Metcalf plays cornet throughout these uh, sessions that we're going to hear. We heard in this set, Jake Frazier on trombone, probably Bob Fuller on clarinet with James P. on piano some banjo player, Harry Hull on tuba, and uh, a drummer, along with Perry Bradford on vocals. And these were musicians who, I believe, played with uh, James P. Johnson in various uh, Harlem shows at the time, and traveling shows as well. Then we went to Put Your Mind Right On It and Fair The Honey Blues, both recorded in March, the first on the 5th and the second on the 20th of 1929 for Columbia. Similar band, probably Ernest Elliott on clarinet in that case. And again, uh, Perry Bradford on vocals on the first one, Put Your Mind Right On It. We heard Gus Horsley, um, on, uh, vocals, maybe on banjo too. And we finished up with the Daylight Savin' Blues, an instrumental and George's Always On My Mind, a, um, vocal tune featuring Perry Bradford. He wrote all of these tunes we heard in the set. That's with the Gulf Coast 7. Again, Louis Metcalf, James B. Johnson on piano, and who knows who else? It says members of the Ellington band. It doesn't sound like that to me. Certainly not Johnny Hodges, um, Could have been Barney Begard on Soprano. He played that with King Oliver at one point. Uh, Joe Nanton maybe on trombone. Maybe Sonny Greer on drums. Don't really know. But uh, a variety of Harlem-based musicians. So hope you've enjoyed this program of Perry Bradford and his Jazz Fools and other groups as well, all tunes of his. He never really hit it big. In fact, he ended up in prison a couple of times in the 20s and 30s for copyright infringement and I think morals charges and several other things. Very colorful life. Uh, he uh, published the song, You Keep Keep a Knockin' But You Can't Come In, which was a big hit for Louis Jordan a little bit later on and some other rhythm and blues groups, so presumably he got a pretty good income from that. And he lived into, uh, through the 1970s, He actually died in 1970, and uh, that gave him time to publish uh, an autobiography, which is a fascinating uh, account of jazz and Harlem music in the 1910s and 20s. Maybe not entirely reliable because he was a self-promoter, but has a lot of good accounts of various things that happened at that time. So thank you again. My name is John Clark. This is The Jazz Focus. Hope you've enjoyed this program. Hope you tune in again and check out the podcast on some other things as well. We're up to getting close to 400 podcasts as of this uh, recording. And uh, always looking for members of the family. If you'd like to help us out and become an, uh, a sustaining member or a sponsor, please do so. we love the encouragement. So thank you very much, and I'll see you on the other side.